Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. I'm not dead. Never felt worse in my life, but I am not dead. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northeast Scene Podcast. This is Keith. And Tommy. And today... On the show, we have a highly anticipated guest, Wilkes Bar Superheroes, one step closer. Wilkes and Bear. I, Wilkes Bear? Wilkes Bear. Think about the, like, the Bar? An, Yeah, think about the animal, bear. Like, just say it is bear. Wilkes Bear. Wilkes Bear. Yeah. Wilkes Bear. All right, well, I'm leaving that in. I don't give a fuck. All right, Wilkes <laughs> Bear. Yeah, we, we, we tried to figure out how to say it during the interview, too, and you'll hear that, but... Listen, I've had these guys in mind since we started the podcast, and I'm excited that we finally spoke to them. They are definitely one of those bands that I don't like. There's a ton of bands out there that are like, oh, we're putting out something new, and it's like, okay, cool, I'll 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 probably check that out. Like, I really want to hear what their new stuff sounds like because they've taken a bunch of stuff that I've liked in the past and kind of meshed it in a way that I haven't heard anybody else do before. So I'm yes. very eager to see what, what direction they go now. I was thinking about it when we talked to them lead to gray, which is their debut LP, which is coming out hopefully sometime this year. Tommy, I think that might become a defining LP for you because the Wilkes, the Wilkes bear connection <laughs> and all that stuff. And you know, that, that was, those were your college stomping grounds. I think this could become a huge album in your life. I, I hope so. They're really nice. And the, the thing is, is like, just, you know, I think my thing is, is like their sound captured something that I haven't heard in a really long time. Yes. And it, they're, they're just a great band. I love them. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this new album. And they're phenomenal live. They are a really, really tight live band and energetic and fun and Everything that I like about seeing live music, they do. Like they they embody that kind of like get up on stage and they take it very seriously, obviously, but at the same time, they are really fun. They're a fun band to see live. And that's not something you see nowadays. You see bands get up on stage and posture and like, look at how tough we are. I want to see fucking blood on the dance floor, that kind of shit. <laughs> and it's like that that's not them. Like they're very reserved, very uh humble and extremely positive like it's a it's a they're a fun band to see yeah so our conversation with them is coming up in a minute you're going to enjoy that and tommy i have a few things i need to cover and one is about how i'm a fuck up you ready for this i'm sorry i was yawning really bad i was trying to hit mute but I i had audacity on and i couldn't fucking get the thing i'm so sorry yo I, I'm does not this even show tired. bore you I'm not even tired. It was just Does one this of those show ones. bore you? You don't want to do the show anymore? Is that it? 
No. You want to quit? You no. don't like me? I'll do you my, don't like me? Is that it? I'll do my uh I'll do my my wife's least favorite way of saying no. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing yawning during the show? I just uh I don't know. That just one came out of nowhere. I'm actually not tired at all. I went to bed. What so time early. did you get up today? Uh I get up at most at the same time, like six six, six fifteen. I think I got up at six today. How soon after work is done do you start doing the show? Oh, I was done I had tutoring today till four thirty, so four thirty I went upstairs, made dinner, played with the kids for a little bit, and then ran downstairs to record at six. Okay, so you do more stuff than I do, so I'm not gonna give you a hard time. <laughs> if I done <laughs> if I had done less though, you'd be like, Give me a give me some shit right now. Yeah, like, I you know, I sat in front of a computer all day. I took two quick naps. You know, I sat down for a nice lunch that was made for me. I fucking, you know, I'm living the life here. What did you have for lunch today? Lentils and rice. Actually, yeah, man. I'm super into, uh, and I don't know where it came from. I, I just grabbed it off the shelf last time I was at Costco. Oh. No, I grabbed a big thing of couscous. I don't so, even know what that is. It's like, um... It's a it's grain, so it's kind of like uh, imagine like a really tiny pasta that's shaped yeah. like spheres, like they're like little ball like ball shaped pasta, but they're tiny. Oh, those things! They're like almost like a BB size, like they're that. Kind I of see thing. them in soup a lot. Yes, exactly. Uh, I make them a lot now with pretty much everything, so I just kind of add it to stuff. And I, I today for lunch, I just had fucking a huge bowl with uh, vegetable broth. It was fucking amazing. That sounds good. So it was delicious. Guess, oh, guess what else I had with lunch? What? A big piece of ice cream cake because my birthday was on the 21st. Oh, yeah. What'd you do for your birthday? All right. So I played Modern Warfare all day. Well, not the day of my birthday, but the next day I got my second win in uh, Verdansk Warzone. And those who know know that it's very tough. So I got my second win. That's cool. I just played video games, uh, ate ice cream cake, ate dark chocolate. I had halal, halal guys, which is my favorite food here, and just hung out with Romy and her kid, and it was a great time. Nice. Oh, oh, and I, I got the Nintendo fixed, my original Nintendo from my youth. That's good to go. How did you and fix I, it? Uh, there's a video. There's a vintage video game store here. Oh, okay. uh, video, video games, New York City. It's awesome. Uh, they fixed it. It's good to go. And I also shout out to Limited to One Records. I stopped in to uh, to say hi to those guys because um, they mentioned they they like shouted us out before on the Instagram account. Oh yeah. So I stopped in. I'm like, I didn't even know you guys existed, and we're right in the East Village. So I stopped in to say hi to uh, Christian. They had the memorial on vinyl. Uh, Creative Process Berlin. Oh, nice. Shout out to Christian. It was nice to meet him. Great birthday. 39 years old now. So one more year of youthful, blissful, uh, ignorant partying. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I fucking, I'm an adult now. Like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I've been an adult for a while, though. Like, Yeah, like three years and eight months. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've been, that, that's a long time to be doing something. If you told somebody you were in a three, how long have you been dating that girl? Three years and eight months. That's a fucking long time. No, dating. three years, eight months of not doing drugs and alcohol I, I, every day. I, no, no, that's what I'm saying is like oh, that's, it's a, that's yeah. a long term relationship, man. Like you've been yeah. you've been dating sobriety for a, a long time now. Like you know, that's true. 
and I've been in my relationship for over a year. And get this. Romy is going to Los Angeles for work for two weeks. Yeah. So I'm at her house right now. I, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be looking after the teenager Old and cat. the cats. Can you believe that? You're a dad. Dude, it's a trip, man. Isn't it weird? Yeah. You ever have like those moments where you're like, I'm in charge of somebody and you're like, I'm barely in charge of myself. The fucking, how did I get here? I'm going to have a lot of those moments over the next two weeks. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, wait till she, yo, just text me when she's got math problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. You helped her out once. Yeah, I remember you were saying she was taking some type of test and you were like, can you do this? And I was like, I actually can do that. <laughs> like, I, I knew you were going to sink your teeth into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, would, it would be like if someone, oh, well, it would be like if someone was like, teach me how to play Modern Warfare, but I think I'm going to teach the teenager. So that'll be a fun bonding moment. That'll be nice. I actually, yes. uh, I don't, did I mention this on here? I, th- I know I texted you about it. I got a new video game. I don't, you know, I don't video, I don't play video games terribly often, but I got a new one. I, Metroid I, Prime 3, right? Yeah. Corruption. Dude. So yeah. I'm not. Have super, you been playing? Uh, not a lot. I've so far, I think I have an hour and 20 minutes or something like that in. Um, but it's right up my alley in terms of like, it's the right balance of like kind of first person shooter and puzzle solving. I love that shit. I love everything like that. Anything that has to do with solving puzzles, I fucking love. That's great. Yeah. That I played one of the Metroid primes. I can't remember which one, but I, I did enjoy it. Oh, and here's why I'm a fuck up. All right. I want to get this out of the way real quick. Remember the last episode when I said, Remember how I said a member of my family wanted to stay with me and it was too little notice and I made a big deal about it? Yes. I should have asked when this person wanted to come and how long they were going to stay. Because they weren't asking for the next day. They were asking me a week and a half in advance. Oof. And it would, have been, it would have been three days and it would have been days I wasn't even at my apartment. And I'm carrying on like a baby because I'm like, oh, my schedule and all this shit. So I, ugh, lesson learned, ask next time yeah. before you freak out. I, I, don't, I, I can't believe that's kind of a conversation we're having. You should, like, that seems kind of pretty logical. Just be like fucking like, all right, when and how long? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mental case. You know what? I, I'm just going to put it out there. But I did see this member of my family. We hung out yesterday. Nice. And I did offer my apartment because they were looking for a hotel. And I was like, did you book the hotel yet? And they're like, no. And I'm like, listen, take my apartment. It's open. So I at least got to offer it. But they they wanted to get an Airbnb because it was so cheap. And yeah, I, I just freak out, man. I freak out like a kid when the schedule is interrupted. Yeah. So I gotta. I just have to ask next time. Well, that's good, though, is like, you know, it's it's learning from experience. And at the same time, I think that's one of those things that like, I don't know, I, we had this conversation before, though, but like, I, we tend to be, I go to the, the highest degree possible, immediately, like there's, yes. I, I don't have a, I don't have a medium. I just have super high. And it's like, I, I'm working on it. But at the same time, I, I totally get when you're like, I did this, and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, no, I totally would. Like, I would absolutely do the exact same thing with certain things. Like, because it's it's my nature. Like, I, I, I immediately want to – I see things that are change, and I look at them as like, 
this is a disruption to normal life. Yes. And I yes. don't, I don't want to even entertain the thought of what that looks like. And I, I get really nervous, especially when it comes to like the schedules with the girls, like it, it's it, the, the kid, the twins are fine. Cause they, they can go to bed at nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. The, they'll wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and be fine. It's the baby. And I know that I have refused things in the past. Like, cause keep in mind, she's been alive since October of last year. So it's like, I refused to do certain things just because I was like, no, the baby, we have to be home for the baby. We have to be home yeah. so the baby could take a nap. And it's like, we missed out on opportunities to do fun stuff with people that I didn't know we weren't going to see for a very long time. Like, yeah, and I, I regret that now. And I look at it going like, damn, I could have spent time with them. And I didn't because it was like, well, the baby has to take a nap. And it's like, not a baby will be fine. She'll sleep in the car right home. Like, you know, and, and those and, babies are a shifty bunch, man. They're unpredictable. It is new ones. Hilarious though. It's so, <laughs> I still have to meet that baby. It's, it's the funniest thing in the world now is that she, Kelly gets really nervous because she's always like on these like mommy blogs and stuff like that, where she's like, well, you know, I read this thing that the, the baby should be doing this by this age. I'm like, who gives a shit? I'm like, I, I, honestly, like if it, if it was something that was really concerning, like, okay, so she's uh 15 months now, right? Yeah. If she's not walking by now, I'd be a little bit like, all right, yeah, this is something we should be concerned about. The kid runs around the house, like full on runs. Yes. Does she fall when she runs? Absolutely. But can she walk almost all the way around the block? Yeah. She's at that point. But my wife is like, you know, I really feel weird about her stability. I feel like she's not as stable as she should be. I'm like, she's 16 months. She walks like she's drunk. That's what they all do. They every None of us, none of us are as stable as we need to be. Let's face it. And it, the new thing is now is like we've we did this with the the twins, but um, because it's really hard when kids are really young for them yes. to like articulate, we show them sign language things. So like, um, you know, the real basic stuff, but like stuff that makes your life and their life easier. So when they're trying to get something across to you, like they're screaming in their high chair, we show them this sign that kind of like if you just put your hand out and like extend all your five fingers so they're spread apart and then move your hand back and forth, not like side to side, but kind of spin it on that axis. So it's just kind of moving and it's, that means all done. So we would like do that and go like all done. And then like, you know, you put your fingers to your face, like to your lips, that means eat. And then then when, then when you bring home another pair of Costco pants, the kid extends its middle (laughs) finger and it's like, stop. No, she just like walked in. She was like, all done, daddy. That's enough. All done. (laughs) Stop buying those, stop buying those pants. But like <laughs> the other day, Kelly was like, she's not stringing sit friend, like, you know, she's not putting phrases together. She's not saying a lot of words. Like she says people's names and she says things like, um, you know, like the dog and stuff like that. But like yesterday she came up to me and she did three signs right in a row. And she went, daddy, please eat. And I was like, yep. We can do that right now. And I put my hand out. She grabbed my hand and we walked into the kitchen. She walked right up to the pantry. She pulled out what she wanted. Like, that's what I think we didn't do a lot with the twins. And we wondered why they had so many outbursts and like had like, you know, temper tantrums. It's like, can you imagine trying to explain to somebody that you spend 24 hours a day with that you want something and you don't have the words to say it? Like, I can't do it now. And I'm 39. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't I can't nicely say when I want something and I I bury it and then I explode at the wrong time. The kids sound like they're in better shape than me, but we're at the marker. So, yes. folks, 
Here's our conversation with One Step Closer. Enjoy. All right, folks, we're here now with Ryan Savitsky and Brian Talapan of One Step Closer. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Yeah, what's up? Thanks for having us. Tommy and I have been anticipating this. We're a big fan of the band, and Tommy is a massive fan of Wilkes-Barre. Now, <laughs> let's get one thing out of the way right away. Is it is it Wilkes-Barre or Wilkes-Barre? I know there is uh, dissension among the residents. and It's always, uh, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know about UBT, but my family always says Wilkes-Barre. I don't know if it's like a uh, like a local thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I say Wilkes-Barre, but I noticed... Uh, you and Ross say Wilkes Bear, like it's W O O K E S. Wilkes Bear, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's weird. I feel like yeah. it depends where you're from, but I think Wilkes Bear makes sense, and that's the one. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And you know what? I think the the W O O thing is a Pennsylvania thing. Oh, it is because I I live in uh, Brooklyn and New York City now, and when the movie Wolf of Wall Street came out, I w- I was saying Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was making fun of me. They're like, what are you saying, woof? So, uh, yeah, guys, it's awesome to have you here. You know, you've made a big splash with uh, your debut EP, From Me to You. We've gotten a lot of mileage out of this thing. I got turned on to you because, you know, it was making its way around the message boards. And it's just a perfect mixture of, like, classic melodic hardcore sounds. Of course, Turning Point is a band that comes up a lot. Uh, when I hear people talk about you guys. And it's just fresh, too. You know what I mean? It's not like a retread or... I think part of it is because you guys are younger, right? You're around, what, 24 years old? Yeah, yeah 24 and under. Yeah, okay. B- BT is the oldest. He's 24. Uh, I'm 21. And yeah, I think it's. I think part of it is because you guys are younger. Like if a bunch of 40-year-old dudes like me and Tommy started a band that sounded like Turning Point... It'd be like, yeah, okay, but you know, <laughs> I I I could agree, but dis- also disagree. I mean, I guess just because I feel like hardcore has always been a youth kind of movement too, for the most part, yes. with stuff like that. So, like, I guess you, you know, whenever I see even younger bands than us doing stuff, it always gets me really excited too. So it's great. It it hits all the right notes. You know, I was I was gripped as soon as I heard it, and I got to catch you guys at this is hardcore. I guess 2019 was the last one, and I was like, we got to get there on time. We got to get there on time to catch one step closer. And I walk in, and you guys are covering Burning Fight. And I'm like, oh, fuck. These guys these guys fucking get it, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a sick set. I feel like we used to cover that all of the time, literally all the time. I mean, like that was like our go-to opening track. And yeah. it was just a fu- that was a fun one. We retired that one, though. I think Was that after that? That we retired that B two? No, I thought we retired it uh, a little bit after because like people always say like like burning like the like encore it kind of like burning fight burning fight. Oh yeah, yeah. But we'll play it. We'll play it from time to time. Uh, but I, I think I I, I want to retire it. If it's yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. If it's not retired, if it wasn't retired in the yeah. last show or like set of shows that we did, then it's definitely gonna be retired. Yeah, you don't want burning fight to become your signature song because then you're gonna have big problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And you also covered Turning Point. Now, let's talk about some influences, right? We hear Turning Point come up a lot. So are they are they officially an influence, or is that something people just say? That's, like, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, yeah. With, especially with hardcore and, like, even outside of hardcore, just, like, 
that band has done a lot for me. And ever since the day I heard it when I was like, you know, 15 or 16 years old, like I just like fell in love with that band. So that's definitely a huge influence for me, but there's tons of other influences. I mean, BT could, I'm sure has way different influences than I have. So, yeah, but, I think yeah. what really uh, makes one step closer, one step closer really is we all have, we all pull different influences. Mm-hmm. But I could say that once a uh, turning point is a huge influence for me. Like ever since Ryan turned me on to them, I I fell in love with that band. And they're amazing. Yeah, I love them. I I actually got into them backwards. I started out with the more melodic stuff, like behind this wall, which you also covered at uh, this is hardcore and was phenomenal. Oh, thank and you. And thank you. The song Thursday, which is my absolute favorite by them. I love that and song. Yeah. yeah, I think the band amazing. Thursday named themselves after that song. And and then I worked my way backwards into like the heavier stuff. And you know what, man? They're just awesome. Dude, perfect all around. Yeah. I th- I think I started with the, I definitely started, I think the first song I ever heard was Behind This Wall. And then Broken was the second song I ever heard. And that's literally like my probably top three songs of all time for me. That's why I, I was really, when we put out the promo in 2020, I was really pushing to do Broken to cover that because I've just always wanted to do that song. I was in a hardcore band like, I guess, six years ago, and we wrote a song that sounded like Turning Point, so I called the song Point of No Return. Huh? See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Flipping it around <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> the first song we ever, co- we ever covered as a band, actually, was uh, To Lose by Turning Point. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was the first one we ever used to cover by them. Was that the first cover ever, too? I think that was the first song yeah. we ever covered, yeah. That was the first song we ever covered. Nice. How many how many different bands have you covered? Um, uh, Mental, Turning Point, Burning Fight, covered Wide Awake, too. We covered Wide Awake. Oh, yeah, Wide Awake. Yeah, we covered Last Straw by Wide Awake, Burning Fight, and then the two Turning Point, so those two Turning Point songs, and I think oh, that's it. Frostbite. How can we forget Frostbite? Frostbite, yeah. Oh, Frostbite. Yeah, we yeah. actually, we've done a lot. <laughs> we've just it's been a fun thing though because like sometimes just especially when we are like just starting out like doing a cover to like get people excited and like whatever it was always just in i don't know something fun and like we're all just we're always just about having fun with it so whatever we can do to make it cool that's great you know especially being young and having that attitude because so many times i got in bands and got involved with projects and just took it so seriously that it sucked the fun out of it, or I tried to control things too much, or I just had a bad attitude because things weren't going as much as things weren't going the way I wanted. But I wanted to correct that with this podcast. So I think the first day we recorded, Tommy, I was just like, listen, no matter what, this does not get in the way of friendship. Because I, I, yeah. too many times I've, I've started projects with friends and then the project's done and then I never talk to that friend no, again. You know what? I specifically remember this because you, we were at that hotel and you were like, yo, hold on a second. You were like, check this out. And you took out all the recording equipment. I was like, do I owe you for half of that? And you were like, no, because if this ever fucking goes sour, I don't want to have to fucking split this shit up. <laughs> yeah, like, like a divorce hearing. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. All right. So, and I was like, and and Keith, you brought it up. You were like, exactly like that. You're like, look, whatever this is, whatever this turns out to be, this can never get in the way of us being friends because we were friends before this. We're being friends after it. So let's let's just have fun while we're doing it. That's kind of how, how we are with it. Like, we're all like, we we used to hang out like all of the fucking time when we were like first starting and like, I mean, everybody kind of has like, you know, their separate lives now. And like, 
has a lot of stuff going on and whatnot. But like, you know, at the core of it, it's like what we get to do is play music as friends and travel, you know, the world together as friends. And that's like, that's all we ever wanted to do, you know, like that's ultimately, yeah, that's ultimately like, like at the beginning, like, I mean, we all take this band like very, very seriously, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, touring is fun touring and playing shows is fun like that's like all the hard work is just still fun you know like yeah. we all really love it so yeah i guess oc behind the scenes is we've, we've always been told even since like the demo days like we've been a very serious band especially in the studio but we really balance that out by just like screwing around to practice or you know like with like the opportunities we get with like the fun tours we get to go on and stuff like that because like it's not it's not like a how do you, I don't know how to say it. We don't, we don't just write the songs and that's it. Like we, we spend hours and hours and practices and practice practices trying to perfect these songs, I guess. Yeah. And that really comes through because from me to you sounds totally pro. I mean, the production is great. The song sounds perfect. This sounds like a band who has been around for years and maybe you were around for years before that EP, but we're going to get to that. But I want to get into a little bit of your guys' background first. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys meet? Like you two and the whole band. <laughs> the that trip actually we uh so I met these kids a couple years before I met BT, like about a year or two before that. And they're like kids that we used to skate with all the time and whatnot. And um they're like, yo, let's do this, you know, let's take a trip to NYC, like a skate trip the day after Christmas. And we'll just skate around the city, we'll shop with like our Christmas money that we got, like whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm down. And then uh, BT ended up being on that trip as well. And I just didn't even know that he was going. And on the bus trip, uh, one of my, my friend Corey was like, yo, BT, like you, you started playing bass. Are you still playing bass? And something like that. And uh, he's like, yeah, and we were talking about it. And uh, literally like after that trip, like, we just got kind of pretty close on that trip and we started talking a good bit. And then I texted him like two days later and I was like, yo, do you want to play in a hardcore band? And yeah. he was just like, yeah, <laughs> like a hundred percent. It was a Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, it was a Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah, it was Snapchat. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. For us, it was like Craigslist and MySpace. Really? That, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so <laughs> sick. So I'm interested in everyone's musical background too. Let's start with Ryan. You know, tell us how you got into music, if you play any instruments, and yeah. and the trajectory of your musical taste. I'm always very interested in that as well. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so my dad's a musician. He's been bl- playing guitar since he was like 17 or 18. So when I was like seven years old, he bought me a guitar. And I didn't really like pick up on it too much. Like I was, it was an acoustic. I was just kind of messing around with it. And then when I was eight for my birthday, I really wanted this red Fender Strat. And my dad was like, all right, I'll get it for you, you know, if you learn how to play and you like take it, you know, seriously, whatever. And then ever since then, I've just been playing guitar. I've then, I, you know, the first couple of bands I was in when I was like 15, uh, I played guitar in them. And then when those bands stopped playing, I really wanted to do vocals in a band that kind of sounded like Turning Point. So that's when OSC pretty much became a thing. And then 
you know, I still like write, I, I still write a, a good bit of stuff on guitar for OSC and whatnot. And then when I was like 15, 16, our drummer, Tommy, uh, started showing me how to play drums and stuff. And yeah, so I pretty much know how to play guitar, drums, and now I'm starting to learn piano too. So just trying to, you know, cover the basis and just so I could kind of do a little bit of everything. Tell us uh, some of what you're listening to. Uh, when I, yeah, when I first, I mean, started getting into like, you know, hardcore, like I said, around 15, uh, hardcore was like, that was, that was, you know, my favorite thing. Uh, yes. that's all I listened to 24 seven, pretty much. One of the first bands I ever listened to hardcore wise, uh, cold world. Definitely. Yes. I was like 13. Uh, some of the older kids around here showed was like, yo, you got to listen to this band and because we used to skate with a lot of the older kids. So uh, they were just like, yo, you got to listen to this. So Cold World was probably the first hardcore band. But there was this kid whose older brother was like really involved in the scene. And I was probably in like fifth grade or sixth grade. And he showed me Title Fight. So like those are like two of like, you know, the probably the closest introductory bands. But once I really started getting into it, I think like Backtrack, Down to Nothing, obviously like title fight stuff like that kind of like yeah. the the big bands of like around like 2000 you know 12 13 time period yeah those were like those were some big ones for me then uh so like i said i was only like just listening to hardcore mainly then and then when i was like 18 i started really getting into emo stuff like sunny day and like mineral Yes. You know what I mean? And then even like deeper, like into like split lip and like stuff like that. And um, now I'm kind of at this point in time, I'm kind of all over the place with stuff. Like I've been listening to this artist bones. I mean, I've always liked him, but that's like underground rap type stuff. I've been listening to a shit ton of that. I've been really nice. feeling the new movements record a lot. Uh, that's mm -hmm. been a big one for me. The Blink-182 self-titled has been on repeat for like a, a year straight, pretty much. Yo, uh, that three-album run of uh, Anima to take off your pants and jacket to self-titled is is just unbeatable. I oh, still listen to those three. It's perfect. Yeah, it's it's unreal. So that's like a another, that's a big inspiration for me for this new record too. And I think like a little bit of everybody because that's just been a record that's been on repeat. But yeah, it's kind of... My music taste now, like I've just been listening, even like this morning, I was listening to Limp Bizkit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's just kind of all over the place right now. But uh, I still have a big love for hardcore and always will, you know, and like still, of course, play the classics and love to listen to new stuff that comes out. So, Brian, lay it on us. Let us know where you came from and where you're at. So musically, I actually, I got my first bass about a week before One Step Closer started. And I played my first song ever exactly a week before One Step Closer started with my first bands uh, that I was in called The Cryptid, which was an indie band. So I really haven't been playing for that long. I've only been playing for four or five years. And besides bass, I, I fool around with the piano a lot. And the other band I was in, I would play uh, bass, synth, and piano uh, live and stuff like that. Other than that, I want to buy, I want to pick up guitar and learn some of that because it'd be fun to have, I guess, another... Uh, Another person writing guitar stuff on uh, for what was he like? Add some more input on that. Yeah, I that think would be cool. New flavor to the band and stuff. So I grew up uh, listening to like Frank Sinatra and uh, like Dean Martin and stuff like that. 
Mm. I went right from that surprisingly straight into like scene kid stuff. Like I was like straight up scene kid. I, I didn't like dress the part, but I that like that was my music. Like I got into hardcore through screamo and stuff. I, I uh, discovered Gorilla Biscuits uh, on YouTube because I was watching. Uh, I set my friends on fire live videos religiously all the time, and then one day, Start Today came up in the uh, suggestion box on the YouTube uh, website back in like 2008, I think. And then I, you know, heard the trumpets and everything. And I just fell in love with new direction and all that stuff. Uh, and then I got into hardcore through that. But nowadays I don't really listen to too much hardcore because I was always much more of an emo head. Yes. That's where I landed too. So it was great to hear, Ryan said when he was 18, he got into Sunny Day and all this. Because I refused to listen to anything emo. I was like, I only listen to the heaviest, craziest shit. And then I got into Sunny Day, Get Up Kids. And Texas is the Reason was like a life-changing band for me. Oh, so God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great bands. Yeah, I was like, like, when I was like 10 years old, like riding my bike around the neighborhood, I'd be blasting Sunny Day uh, on like my oh, shit. little yeah. speaker and stuff. And like, I, I always loved Linkin Park, uh, which there's no correlation <laughs> that was one of my questions so i'm gonna cross that off the list every time i search for you guys i'm like oh i'm gonna listen to one step closer i put it in youtube i always forget to put one step closer band band yeah. <laughs> 30 but the first 30 results are lincoln park i'm like oh damn it i forgot about that yeah <laughs> well, there's no correlation though uh like thursday was always one of my biggest bands to get up kids uh yes we actually on, on the knuckle puck tour we listened to the get up kids album <laughs> uh Something to, was it something to write home about? I'm I really yeah. We listened to that on repeat for like the whole tour. I <laughs> <laughs> listened to it at least a hundred times, uh, and that like brought me back to um, you know, like my childhood and everything, just blasting that on repeat. And then we would just sing it because we went from the knuckle puck tour straight to to Europe with Turnstile. So we were literally just singing the the Get Up Kids songs like in the van, like every single day, even though we didn't have the CD. We were just singing them all the time. <laughs> yeah, so great, dude. Knuckle Puck is one of those bands that I I found on a whim. Somebody said like, "Oh, you should check this band out," and I checked them out. And the first video I ever saw was they got played a shit ton of money to play some rich kid's birthday party, and they decided to film a video. It's the fucking funnest thing in the world. It looks like a fuck. It's literally someone's like gigantic goddamn birthday party and Knuckle oh, yeah, Puck yeah. plays. That's crazy. I, I, yeah, that's one of their music videos, right? You yeah. said. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that that's what they did. I didn't know like that was the reason why they filmed that video. That's really sick. <laughs> it's uh, I, I think it's there's like if you there's different versions on there, but I think one of the versions says like in in such and such a year we were paid uh to come and play this person's birthday party, and then you start seeing the grounds of this house, and it's like it's like a compound. It's like it's like the Kennedy Mansions. Like it's like four <laughs> huge houses. There's tennis courts. Like it's unbelievable. That is insane. You know, Tommy, I've been meaning to listen to that uh, that Knuckle Puck song again because I remember yeah. you showed them to me like a couple years ago. Pretense is a great song too. Oh, I love that's, that. Yeah, that song's that's amazing. One of my, that's one of my favorites. But, that's probably my yeah. favorite track by them too. Actually, bands like that are bands I grew up listening to as well. Like Knuckle Puck was like when we toured with them, I was like low key fangirling the entire time. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like like all throughout high school, that was my like they they were my alarm clock. Like they were like the last band I listened to every day. Warp tour, their sets were crazy. Like I, I, I loved that. When did you tour with them? 
we toured with them right before Turnstile. So was that in February or yeah, March? Feb- fe- the February. end of February, yeah. End of February, yeah. Oh, so you've toured with Turn- Turnstile too? That was we literally played up until, like, we had to come home two days early because Trump announced that travel ban. We were in Europe, so we had to come home, and. Yeah, so we were literally playing shows up until the last day that we could play shows, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, but, actually, I I actually crossed the uh, the the customs at exactly eleven fifty nine, right before like uh, everyone afterwards after me had to get like put into this uh, like room and get like tested and everything. Oh shit! Was yeah, crazy. I was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> they still put me in the room because I guess I crossed like you know like right before. But when Ryan and I were in there, actually, there was this woman who got sent back to Europe because um, she didn't have like a proper reason to be there in, in the customs eyes. Uh, and it was yeah, that was, that was crazy. It was one of the most unique, like unique experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Like that, like landing in JFK, the moment like the pandemic really became such a huge thing. Jesus. That's weird, man. It's like, it was a crazy time. I didn't fully grasp what was even going on. And, you know, certain people were freaking out. And I was like, I was like, what's the big deal? Like, you know, we had SARS, we had bird flu, we have all these things and they never, it's never a big deal. And then all of a sudden they announced all the shutdowns in New York City, like complete shutdown. And then I was like, oh, I was wrong. Like <laughs> then it became very, very real. And my my girlfriend actually was in Italy renewing her citizenship. And I think she got the very last plane out of there. Oh, really? Which, Holy shit, wow. Yeah, which if she didn't, she would have been stuck there for God knows how long. It yeah. was crazy. Yo, BT, remember, like, we were in the we were in the airport, and the airport was, like, desolate. Like, yeah. there was absolutely nobody in... I forget, what was it, Heathrow? Was that the, the name of the airport, I think? Uh, in London? In, in London, London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... It was, you know, it's one of the biggest airports in the world. And it was literally like there was like nobody in there. It was, it was like scary quiet. It was weird. The one worker said she's never seen it so barren in her entire life. And she's been working there for like 10 years, she said, or something like that. Holy shit. Yeah. I remember like even just by my house, like I live next to a major roadway. And there's usually, you know, cars on it 24 7. And during March and April, there was just like, you can just walk, you can have a picnic on it. There was like, there was no one on it. And yeah. It and that, that road's annoyingly busy too. <laughs> yeah. It was so peaceful. It was, it was so nice. Um, but it was so strange. Do both of you guys live in Wilkes Bar? Uh, we live outside of, of Wilkes Bar pretty much. I live, I live in a small town called Pringle. <laughs> As, uh, it's, it's sick. It's, uh, it's like just the hills pretty much that surround wilkes Bear, yeah. um and then bt lives in avoca no i live in pittston or pittston my bad oh, yeah okay yeah like an equally small town uh tommy do you know where those places are so i know pittston uh i don't know pringle but yeah i i, I know wilkes Bear. i i went to king's college so I oh, okay. okay so i i know wilkes Bear pretty decently but uh I don't really have fond memories of wilkes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a weird place. Do you know? Uh, I'm sure you know Kingston then. Oh yeah, Kingston. Yeah. yeah. So I know Kingston because of Title Fight. Yes, I know yeah. Kingston because of Sizzle Pie. <laughs> oh, Sizzle Pie. Yeah, I haven't yeah, had dude. Sizzle Pie in forever. But yo, yeah. So Sizzle Pie. Literally, if you just like, I live in Pringle, which is literally right above Kingston. There, so if you just 
you go up the hills and you're in Pringle. It's like I, even like half the mail that I get to my house is still addressed to like Kingston because it's such a small town. But uh, the more Kingston's like the bigger area. So for people that don't know Sizzle Pie, it's okay. So this is one of those things that's like a Northeast PA thing. And this is you guys can back me up on this. There's like a the, the, the signature lunch for all my friends that were from like from Wilkes-Barre and from Hazleton and that any of those areas. Um, they were like square pie and an iced tea like that's that's what they would get yeah (laughs) but sizzle pie is like a deep dish sicilian pizza cut into squares and then they deep fry it but that's not even the best one though what's the best one the best in my opinion i mean i love pizza perfect i don't know if you've ever had that (laughs) it's so good that's, I have not had Pizza Perfect, but I've heard of it. Pizza Perfect's the best, but the best pizza of all time is Jerry's and Angelo's. Where's Agreed. that? That's in it's in like South Wilkes-Barre. Uh, Jerry's is in like uh, yeah, it's like South Wilkes-Barre area. They're both like five minutes apart from each other. It's sweet sauce pizza. Oh, okay. And it is absolutely amazing and you cannot get anything anywhere else that's similar i i, I promise <laughs> so i i graduated from kings in 2004 and i went back to kings to play i played lacrosse there so i went to go play an alumni game and it was like a completely different place like i remember going out in wilkes-barre the the square was like off limits at night it was the only place that I've ever seen a McDonald's closed before. It was closed before dark. Everything in the <laughs> square was closed before dark. And Damn. it was like, it was the weirdest spot because like, like this, you would think like it's the town square. It's like, there was nothing that there was a, like a tobacco shop. There's a post office. There. <laughs> there, there's, you know, it's a, there was a, yeah, the, the place that people used to buy lottery tickets. It was like coal something. And then there was like the performing arts center, which I never saw anybody outside of wherever. Really st- yeah. Yeah. And then going to Kings, like you would like live in Wilkes-Barre and you're like, I remember saying to like, you know, we moved off campus and I remember saying to the, like the one of the neighbors the one day, cause everybody in Wilkes-Barre is, re- they're really friendly people. Like they're like super nice people, very down home, like just want to make friends and talk to you about like what your experience is and everything. Like it's really, really welcoming. But I remember saying to the one lady, like my, my freshman year, I was like, um, is it ever sunny out? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, we, this area is kind of weird. She's like, because of the way the mountains are arranged around here, it is gray a lot. And I'm like, it's... yeah, whenever I imagine Wilkes-Barre, Wilkes-Barre, fuck, I don't know which one to say. Wilkes-Barre. Whenever I imagine, whenever I imagine the WB, I just always imagine <laughs> fucking like gray. It is. It was, I had, uh, I was actually re- reminiscing with, uh, one of my friends that I played lacrosse with like uh, Keith Riley. I was just sitting there talking to Riley the other night and he was like, we were talking about our sophomore year. We were playing, we had fall lacrosse and we were driving around Wilkes-Barre. And one of the things that like he had, I didn't have a car up there, but he had this old beat up Honda and we were driving around and we were looking for something to do. And he was like, what is this street? It's called Darling Avenue. And Darling Avenue is like right by right off campus, but it's like um, it's like two old like one's a cem- I think it used to be a cement factory, and then the other one is like an old refinery. I think and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm they're just sure what you're talking about too. Yeah, they're all just huge abandoned buildings. Yeah, gigantic with yeah. these huge open courtyards and skyways to walk between one building and the other, and they must have abandoned them pretty quickly because like if you 
like go in like there's hard hats everywhere like tools are still all over the place it's fucking nuts but we were just driving around and him and i kind of had this moment of like do you want to transfer schools like do you you just want to go somewhere else and we actually got to the point where like we filled out applications together for Villanova. We're like, let's just let's just go to Villanova. And he's like, we're not going to be able to play lacrosse there. I'm like, I don't care at this point. Like, <laughs> wow. I, I don't I don't care. Like, I, I don't want to be here anymore. And it was actually because of those conversations and that friendship that we made of like all the kids we played lacrosse with. Like, that was the reason I made it through four years there. It was so it's such a depressing place. And it's I remember, really, yeah, it, it really, really is. There's, there's a huge problem with unemployment. There's a huge problem with like, because addiction. it's like the addiction is, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things that I remember seeing. Uh, I forget the name of the street, but like uh, it was right where the King's housing kind of stopped on this one area. And right in a row was uh, like a food bank, uh, a clothing donation slash like, and not like a goodwill kind of place, like a place where you could go and get clothes. If you couldn't afford clothes, an alcoholics anonymous, you would go down there and it would just be like destitute people kind of just hanging out, like doing nothing, drinking yeah. at nine o'clock in the morning. And you're like, Oh, this is not cool. This place sucks, dude. It's funny, <laughs> it's very depressing funny that you say that. Yeah. Cause especially even with like the, like how you're talking about the it always being really gloomy and stuff like that. That's like how I I talk about that kind of stuff like in our songs, especially with the new record and stuff. I mean, that's how that's why Lead to Gray like off the promo is called Lead to Gray, just because literally from driving every time because now my girlfriend lives in South Jersey, so even driving back and forth there now, every yeah. almost every single time. I'm driving home. It'll be sunny in Jersey. And then as soon as I get into the Wyoming Valley, it's gloomy and dark and just like either maybe raining or snowing at this point now because it's cold or it's just so gloomy. And then maybe like at four o'clock, like right before it gets dark now, it'll, it'll like peak a little bit of sunshine, but it's like dark all the time. My girlfriend lives in central Jersey and it's the same thing. Like we're just driving home like all sunny in Jersey and then you hit Pennsylvania and like, you just know (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's palpable. But like the one thing that I do remember really fondly is, so you guys know where all like uh, Kings fields are like up off Cole street. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, we used to like, there's like, you know, you're literally surrounded by these large Hills on all, like basically almost all three sides. But I remember being out there playing and like watching the sunset over the, like over the Hills it's absolutely stunning. Like there's times where you're just like, it's breathtaking how beautiful it is. But then it's also like, you know, you would walk out your front door in February and it would be six degrees outside. And it's like, just it's gray all day. Like you would never see the sun. And it was just, it does get really depressing. But like, I actually think that was one of those things I I was kind of leading to with this is that like, do you guys, you guys are straight edge. Did that come out of like what you've had kind of grown up around or was it a separate choice or is, did it come out of music? Like, where did that come from? It's definitely a mixture of a lot of things for me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think for yeah. me, it's been, uh, my brother had a pretty, pretty rough like time with addiction and like stuff like that. Uh, when I was growing up, cause my brother's eight years older than I am. So Mm-hmm. watching him kind of go through that and struggle with depression and a lot of different things it kind of just like set the path that i was like you know i definitely 
don't want to follow that and what he's been through. And I just don't even want to get involved with things like that. So like ever since I was in middle school, cause like he went away to rehab when I was in sixth grade, you know, like, so like that, and that's like a time when, you know, you're really developing and like, you know, kind of, at least for me, like growing into the person that I wanted to be or starting to grow into that person and uh, seeing those kind of like traumatic things really kind of strayed me onto this, you know, the straight and narrow like path, you know, where I just like, it's not even something that relatively, I, I, I don't even think about, you know, being straight edge. It's just, that's just me at this point, you know? Yeah. So. It's just a choice you've made. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. Same with me. I, I, I had a, one of my great friends growing up there, his brother and sister uh, were really into drugs. Um, and I, it, it just, it's not like, it's not like we're judging people, but it's just, you, you could see it, like the struggles it can put on a family and you know, that person themselves. And it makes you kind of want to, and then also seeing them come out of it is a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And the other thing I think with like straight edge from like, I think it's neat is that like, it's not about like, at least for what, like the way I always kind of viewed it is that it's not like, I'm saying that I don't like what you do. I'm just saying it's, it's not for me. Yeah. It's, it's not, it, not for yeah. Yeah, it's not if for I me. can, you know, if you had a choice in life to be like, yeah, I'm going to get cancer or not get cancer. And it's like, well, of course I'm going to choose not to get it. But if you see all the negative impacts that in, you know, addiction and alcohol abuse and all these things have, you're like, you're making conscientious choice to be like, look, I'm not going to be a part of it because I've seen what the, the damage it can do. Yeah. To be so young and to make that choice, I think is fantastic because I, I've seen plenty of people in my family struggle. And still, when I was 20 years old, one of the only, sadly, one of the only conscious decisions I made was the decision to start doing drugs. And I, I remember being out on a tour and I was like, I'm going to be a drug guy. I'm going to take all the drugs there are and that's what I'm going to do. And I did. And I took my share and your share and his share and everyone's share. And it really made my life unmanageable for shit. I don't know, 15 years. Yeah, and I don't know, just, just to be your guy's age and be like, hey, we see what that's about, and no, we're not going to do that. We're going to focus on more positive things, I think is fantastic. And I'm just ha I'm straight edge by, uh, by necessity now. Uh, and you know what? I'm happy about it because, yeah, I don't even fuck with tobacco anymore. And my life has improved drastically. And this podcast is just one of the many things that has come out of that, you know, because I'm not unconscious 15 hours a day now, I can, I can actually yeah. uh, get get shit done. And, you know, it's just good to be alive, too, because if I kept going the way I was, I definitely would have checked out permanently sooner than later. And that's like, oh. and that's exactly how it is, like around here, like, you know, yeah. and that's, a, that's another thing. It kind of, it really put things like into perspective for me when like seeing my brother like struggle with that, but then getting into high school and then realizing like, holy shit, there's so many kids that, that aren't just like, you know, smoking pot, you know, like whatever, smoke weed, go ahead. That's cool. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? But then like, but when you're like, you know, popping pills and like, you know, kids like doing heroin and like literally, you know, just overdosing as like a senior in high school or, yeah you know what i mean like just seeing that kind of stuff is it's just scary and it's it, very it like, common back home. extremely common yeah that, really, i was really gonna common. i was gonna say that was one of those things that kind of started to hit when i was leaving kings was 
that hit both King's and Wilkes campus really hard was uh, Xanax, like people like eating Xanax and then going to the bar. And then you would have these like, you know, people would be like, oh, so-and-so blacked out last night. And you're like, really? Where? They're like over at Beer Boy, like Beer Boys or, you know, at Sununas or something like that. And you're like, really? Like I saw that kid earlier in the night. He seemed fine. They're like, hey, dude, he ate a bunch of Xanax and he fucking lost his shit. Like fucking fell out, like hit his head. He's in the hospital. And you're like, Jesus, dude, like that's one of those things that I always as much as I kind of dabbled for a while. Like I remember that kind of like level of like, hey, we're going to party hard. I'm like, yeah, you go ahead. Like I'll I'll keep an eye on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure you're safe, but I, not for me, guys. I don't yeah. fucking I don't want to be a part. Yeah, it's uh, I feel like that. I mean, Xanax still huge. I, I could say that that that's huge. like the go-to thing. Yeah. I think for kids our age or like in high school, like that's what everybody's doing. Uh, we, I mean, we even have some close friends of ours, you know, that that were on that on yeah. Xanax for a while, and like you know, are are doing a lot better now. But you mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's sad to see people go through that stuff and like be like unable to control it at, at a point, you know? And uh, I, I don't know. It, it really does come with our area being like, there's absolutely nothing. Like you said, like there's really nothing here. There's absolutely yeah, nothing. Not. There's one thing I always say, like if you live, if you live where we do and if you don't hike or enjoy the woods, there's nothing, absolutely nothing for you to do because it is, it is an outdoor state. And if you don't enjoy yeah. that, there's nothing. Oh, yeah. Right. Wait. You guys brought up one of my favorite things in the world, and I forgot about this. One of the huge things that we used to do when it got nice outside. Do you guys ever go to tubs? Oh, oh yeah. All, all the, the time. Fuck. Yeah. That's my favorite. That was my favorite thing in the world. Someone showed that to me freshman year, and I was like, is this here ever, like forever? And they're like, dude, this place is amazing. You should come here in the winter. It's incredible. Oh, huge cool. icicles. Like It's yeah. fucking insane. And I was like, all right. We would spend so many hours back there just hanging out. Like it was such a cool place. For people that don't know, Tubbs is a series of like so it's mountain runoff. So the water is it's fucking freezing. The water is unbelievably cold. However, it literally is like natural like water slides. Like you can sit in it and slide down and slide off the edge into a tub below that's like some of them are, you know, 30, 40 feet across. Like it is unbelievable. And they're all interconnected. So you can literally walk the path all the way up to the top and slide all the way down. It's so much fun. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. You got the water up there. Did you ever drink it? No. It's the best water you'll ever have in your entire life. I I used to like, so I'm, uh, I was a biology major at university. So I used to uh, like collect the water from the tubs and then take it to school and then we would purify it. And then we would leave it in the teacher's, like the teacher's uh, office's. Like, and like we would give the bottles up and we would just drink it all the time. I never, oh, that drank sounds it. great. It tastes amazing. It is like, it's like, it's, it usually comes off naturally off the rocks. like, like a peach, like 7.9, it like eight. And then you get all the bacteria off through purifying with like, with all the, uh, like the, like the laboratory techniques at school. And it was amazing. Dude, that sounds amazing. I want that. <laughs> right. I will, I will say this. That's the one thing I wasn't prepped for was how cold the water actually was though. Cause it, I, it, the yeah. vast majority of it is, it comes from, you know, it, you know, some of it leaches from the rocks, but some, some of it, the majority of it is from my understanding snow melt. So it is roughly around 40, 45 degrees. Like even when it's warm outside yeah. and I went off one of the, the higher cliffs and I remember jumping into it and the water was so cold. It literally took my breath away. I actually thought yeah. I, I'm a strong swimmer. I really thought I was going to drown for a second. Have I you ever been it. to Ricketts Ricketts Glen down there? 
Yes, I have. Yeah. That was like one thing Riley my So one of my really close friends in college got me super into going outdoors. I was never an outdoors person. I'm still not a camping person. If someone's like, let's go camp. I'm like, I'll go outside with you. <laughs> yeah. Staying, staying out overnight doesn't seem like my thing. But yeah, Ricketts Glen we went to. Uh, we used to go to that. Um, there's that huge reservoir that almost has yep. like a beach on the end of it. Uh, we would go hang out there. Um, but by far, Tubbs was my favorite place. That was such an amazing spot. I have a question, boys. Is there temptation to fuck around with drinking and all that kind of stuff? Because especially at your ages, at least in my case, so much of socializing was centered around drinking and doing drugs. And, you know, it was my identity, basically. And I also really, I also had really bad anxiety my whole life. So it was a shortcut to connecting with people and just getting over the fear of going into unfamiliar situations. Is there ever a temptation on your guys' part? Absolutely not. Yeah. Like I, no, like I went to like a huge party school and stuff like that. Like I couldn't care less for it. it there's never any temptation whatsoever. Yeah. I've never, there's never been a moment since I claimed straight edge when I was whatever, 15 or 16, when I actually like figured, you know, discovered it and like really knew what the term was and stuff. Like I haven't even thought about, you know, being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to the bar and drink with my friends. You know, like I, yeah. I'm, I'm 21. I turned 21 in August, uh, this past year. And, uh, we, we went to the casino and I, I gambled a little bit, but there wasn't even a thought of like, Oh, I'm gonna, let me go grab a drink quick or something. I think this ties into what Ryan was saying. It's like, this is, it's just who we are at the moment. Like, like the first time I, I haven't said I was straight edge in years. And, and I said it for the first time just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I was straight edge. And it's just who we are at this point. I think that's fantastic. It's like a real life superpower. That It's one regret I have because I'm like, wow, if I wouldn't have made getting fucked up my whole identity, maybe I could have accomplished some more things I wanted to accomplish. But the fact that you're doing that already and, you know, that you're just focused on the band and productive things, I think is fantastic. Yeah, it's been uh, it's definitely set set me to really just stay motivated on the things that I want to do. I uh, I kind of struggle with uh, like some depression and stuff like that too, and you know there there hasn't even been a a, a thought of being like you know I'm going to turn to this thing to kind of cope with that. I've always just been keeping myself motivated and trying to work hard on the things that I love to do to like keep myself going really. So yes, I can agree with that. How long before the beginning of the band, before we get to from me to you, the debut EP, how long were you guys around before you recorded that thing? Two or three years. And I just asked cause it's, it's such a strong debut. Thank you. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think we, um, did we record that in 2018, BT? Like, we recorded that summer 2018, I think. Because it came out January 1st, 2019. January or January, January 4th. 2019, yeah. So we recorded it in the summer. Uh, that was up, you know, that yeah, that was probably two, after, like, two and a half years of being a band. And we had some demos before. Um, they were not good. <laughs> they were... Uh, recorded terribly and just like you know but that was the start and that's where we started and it was fun and we were absolutely loving like every moment of it and then we did an ep a small ep uh we put that out did we put that out in the spring of 2018 i think 
I think it was the spring because we uh, the album cover gave that spring look. Yeah, so we put that out, and then that was like that was something you know getting closer to like the sound that we were actually really trying to go for and stuff. And then when we did from me to you, that was like when we were just like, okay, this is this is cool. Like we we this yeah. is like what what we're really trying to do. We kind of I think part of me for myself at least I was like a little scared to push the envelope a little bit because. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to fall too far out of hardcore and go too emo or do something, but then in, and like make the lyrics like really personable. So with that release, I was just like, you know, I'm, I just, that's what I want to do. And I think everybody was also feeling the same way because we really like, especially now it's like, we want to put ourselves into the music, like yeah, put I, as much of ourselves into it. Yeah. What he's saying is true. So I, like we, we could have pushed the envelope on the emo side a lot more on for me to you but as a collective band we were feeling like that's the first time that we wrote what we are feeling in my opinion yeah i agree uh, and then now with this next record we really there's no boundaries on this next record that the record that's going to come out uh as i guess as soon as possible there's we didn't hold back whatsoever yeah because the uh the single that you have out there now there is there is a bit of a shift in the sound not drastic but uh, I really like what's going on. There's some new elements in there. And, you know, it just makes me really highly anticipate this LP to see what else is going on. It's it's definitely more than that, too. Like, definitely oh, some songs that are that are really emo sounding. And, like, it, it's cool, though, because really everybody, you know, from, from me to you to, to now, in my head, I was like, you know, when I was trying to write some guitar stuff, and do uh you know write lyrics and stuff for for the record like i was like what are my like what are my favorite parts of for me to you and what are other people's parts of like favorite parts of for me to you and like let's take those best sections and just kind of put you know put those things towards you know writing for the new record but also incorporate brand new a lot of new like influences and you know new new guitar riffs like more emo stuff you know whatever so it, it's it's cool and i'm i think i don't know i'm really really proud of the, of the yeah new I'm, stuff. I'm really proud of ourselves like sometimes i'll be listening to the songs and i like it it makes you really emotional to think that we we came this far from writing like a youth crew like releases for like three releases straight and then we wrote this song it's almost kismet we wrote a song called moving forward oh and nice that was the song that really changed the direction of osc in my opinion yeah, and then that song kind of that's what led into "From Me to You," pretty much. That, yeah, that's what led into like that's what led into our self title, which led into the promo that we recorded with Jay Clark, which led into "From Me to You," and like that, like that, um, that name, that title, that song couldn't be any more like just like, fitting. It, it really was a, like a huge foreshadow for us, and we had no idea at that point. But I like I, I, like when you listen to this new record, if there's one way I can really sum it up, it's like I said before, like there's no holding back, and like all of us have different music musical influences. And when you listen to this record, think of that because you'll hear so many different uh, like concepts in this in the new album. Because we can go from an emo song to a hardcore song to like a song that might even sound more poppy, but like we still mix that OSC, you know, like, like like sprinkle some OSC on it, and it sounds natural. Like it doesn't sound like we're forcing ourselves to do anything. It's just it's who we are to the, it's like to our best abilities, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, I mean, those are the elements of what I love the most. I love when bands push the envelope and experiment with things like that. 
uh, like Title Fight, for example. I never heard Title Fight until Head in the Ceiling fan dropped. And shit, that's one of my favorite songs ever now. that I think that really changed things for them. And Yeah. Yeah, man. I just like... I like when bands experiment like that now. I didn't when I was younger because I was like thick-headed and I was like, everything has to be the same and sound like this. And, you know, it's just not the case for me anymore. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like, I really just didn't want to get stuck into, and, I, and not just me, like everybody as a, as a collective, like we, did, we didn't want to just be like putting out one, the same old stuff, like repeating the same, the same record multiple times. Right. But also even if we had to do that, that would be unnatural because I feel like OSC as a whole has been us just growing as musicians as a whole, because we've been pretty much learning how to play all of our instruments as we went along. And I think that's the beauty of it kind of because we've been, it's just a natural progression of the sound and, you know, us with our instruments. So it's, it's just kind of changing naturally which which i love that's awesome so do we have a specified release date yet or is it still up in the air it's up in the air right now yeah uh-huh. so uh ryan you, you know all the reasons i thought we're right with the press and everything yeah so the press is a little backed up and you know i think the the tentative plan as of right now is we have a single with a music video that we're going to put out uh sometime roughly like when i was talking to um uh sam from triple b sometime probably around march for that and then release hopefully uh you know end of may ish probably so still in the spring but just like late spring so is there ever any tension because we got we got a lot of different people in the band a lot of different tastes a lot of different influences do you ever have tension like no we should be more hardcore or no we should go in this direction that type of thing so there definitely was that tension before this release and that like that's what i was saying before like this record is really displaying who we are like individually and as a whole because like there's parts like if you if you know who we are as people i I think you'd be able to hear a part and be like oh you know that's definitely something that ross thompson added yeah oh like those like that guitar part is definitely something ryan wrote and stuff like that i and but i think like to the public they won't be able to know that obviously they don't know us personally but there's their own there's only <laughs> the only tension I, I i've i know about this album is like uh ross ross wants to add a, a whale noise <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I do not want to do it <laughs> we're thinking but in, in, it's it's tension because it's it's experimental to the point where it could get a little weird yeah uh, but you wouldn't even album. know at the end of the day, no one would know it's a whale noise because, you know, yeah. it would be mixed, mastered, edited, and stuff like that. But <laughs> that's like the only ounce of uh, tension that I've seen so far with this album. Um, and I think that's a great thing because, it, like I said, like, uh, this is like, I, I, I'm excited like a broken record now, but there's just no holding back on this album. And I agree. And also, I think the tension was mainly before from me to you, I think, because yeah. especially me, for some reason, like, I had this whole idea of like, no, we need to just stay like, we need to sound as hardcore as possible. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that ideal has been scrapped. Thank yeah. Me. Completely. <laughs> and like, it's just been like, and I don't know why, because as soon as like we were writing those, you know, for me to you and just that record as a whole, just like feels more natural even for myself, you know? So like, it just, 
yeah so i think ever since that record came out it's just kind of like now it's like okay well like what could we do now pretty much like what or what can't we do to say you know so yeah you know the thing i've learned about bands over the years is i always walk into the band and i have a I set idea in my mind of what exactly what it's going to sound like and look like and all of that stuff but it never ends up that way and because you're always working with different people, different ideas, and the band starts out at one place and ends up in another, and you just got to go with the flow. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. fight for this idea of what you think it's supposed to be. You just have to let it naturally become what it's going to become. Um, um, that's the epiphany that we had. You just have to let it be what it's going to be. So we got the video coming up sometime in uh, March, it sounds like, right? New yeah. single, new video. Hopefully that's that's what it's looking like. Uh, like I said, it's tentative, like on a on an exact date in March. But I'm hope hoping that it should be mid to late March. I can I ask a question, can I ask a question. Oh, please. What do you guys think about releasing music during the pandemic? Uh, just knowing the fact that we don't know when we'll be touring for certain. If I was a band in your position, I would wait as long as I could because. I would want to tour. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. I would want to tour and be out there and play in front of people. If I if I was if I didn't have an album in the can, I would probably just leak singles every couple months. But for you guys, if I was in your position, I don't know. I I would probably wait till summer at the latest, and then be like, all right, we just got to put this thing out. That's pretty much what where we're. That's why like I really wanted to put out you know the single to kind of hold people off for at least like two months. You know? Yeah. What I mean? yeah. And yeah. push it as long as possible just because, you know, we need to put out new music. You know, we've been playing off six songs for almost for two years now, you know. So <laughs> yeah. it's like it's time to to release, you know, the LP and stuff like that. But it's just it's really like it's just a scary thing because like we want to tour. We want to do all this stuff. And, you know, hearing from people like down the grapevine and stuff like they're saying pot like that it's looking hopeful for, you know, shows to start up in the fall and stuff like that. And they may not be normal, like, you know, where people are able to go nuts and like do that kind of thing, or maybe they will be at their own risk or whatever. Like, I don't know what what it's going to be like at all, but I'm willing to just play anything at this point, you know, like, (laughs) and I know the rest of the band is too, just because, you know, it's been almost a year of not playing. And then by the time the fall comes, it'll be a year and a half, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, and I I wouldn't hold on to an, a new LP for like a year or more because I I just wouldn't be able to. And plus, you know, if if shit still isn't happening, there's options you could do. Didn't you guys do like a live stream show or yeah, something like sweet. that? Yeah, that was that was really fun. We did that with Hate Five Six. Yeah, let's talk about that. What what was the deal? Were you guys just closed off in a warehouse somewhere playing, or how did that work? So it was it was recorded in a studio in Jersey. Uh, do you know the name of the studio, right? Yeah, I think it's Landmine Studios, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Land, Landmine Studios. It was uh, some t- somewhere like uh, somewhere in Jersey. I can't remember exactly where, but yeah, it was a it was like a professional studio. It was an actual recording studio. We pretty much just went down, and you know, it was just us. And then we usually have our photographer Spencer Chamberlain. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. Stretch. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have Spencer with us, like you know, all the time. So, and at that point, we didn't see him for you know since Europe. So it was it was like five or six months at that point that we didn't see him, and so we had him come down and you know shoot some photos. But everything was like professionally, you know, recorded into like they recorded the whole the whole performance, which was cool. So we we have the 
the audio from that and stuff. But uh, yeah, so we went down, set up, and just kind of just kind of went for it, and uh, just kind of just had fun with it and did what we could. That's awesome. Yeah, if I I would be thinking of anything I could to to just get the music out there, I'd film myself walking up to people playing it on a boom box or something like, Hey, what do you think of this? Just set up in a park and start playing the songs and run away when the cops come like shit. I don't know. You just got to think of random shit to do. Yeah. And just because we really want to, you know, come out of this and not be a band that completely fell off or something from not yeah. trying to stay, you know, somewhat active through, you know, social media and like some kind of engagement with people. So because we do plan on coming back and, you know, touring a lot and, yeah. you know, obviously coming coming back with a brand new record and stuff. So we really just want to keep the engagement. And plus, that was just like, that was just a really fun thing. That was the first time we played at yeah. that point in six it months. Was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll play anything. Like, I'm just, I'm geeking. Like, I'll play weddings. Like, I'll play birthday parties <laughs> anything. Like, <laughs> just, if, if you're listening to this, book us book, for your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Book us for your crazy, uh, your crazy birthday party at your yeah. like three million dollar house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll play it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fiending for a hardcore show. Uh, the band Vane posted uh, just someone covering one of their songs on drums, and I watched. It was like a 15 second clip, and just watching that, I got like a tingling up my spine and i wanted to dive out a window i was like i need a fucking show man dude that dude is also the most unreal drummer he is, he is so crazy. good yeah yeah you play at have heart was like one of the most like awe inspiring moments just watching that man play drums yeah so great so all right so oh how do you guys uh make ends meet when you're not torn around the world <laughs> We don't. We're actually in a lot of debt right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're pretty broke. But like, yeah. I mean, it's cool because I, I, we also live at home and stuff, and uh, you know, just, just like hustling, like whatever, reselling some shit. You know, reselling shoes. Like that's what I've been doing. And like, oh, Tommy, that's your thing. Oh, that's my. What, do you, what kind of shoes you sell? Oh, I, I mean, you know, anything off like that's hype off the sneakers app and like stuff like Nike sneakers app and like. <laughs> yeah. You know, any of the new hype Nikes and I guess some Adidas stuff, but like Yeezy is pretty dead right now. But, you know, it's that's kind of just been my my like way to get some extra cash. And obviously, like I haven't really been needing a lot of money just because there hasn't been anything to do and we can't really do anything but go on hikes and like do that kind of shit, which is free. You know, so like person in the band that has a job, right? Yeah, you currently are. Yeah. What do you do, Brian? I, uh, I'm currently working as a, uh, bench jeweler. So I'm repairing jewelry under oh, my nice. father. So I, I, I'm also doing this to practice for, um, I, I aspire to be a dentist. So this, uh, I'm kind of like getting the hang of working on a small scale with like drills and stuff like that now. So I can, nice. you know, have that feeling when I'm like older and a, a lot of dentists say that it'll transfer over to, uh, you know, practicing dentistry. That's really nice. Cause that, that goes right in line with your, your undergrad for the bio degree. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm doing that. I also just started. I just started getting into uh, reselling uh, Pokemon stuff too, because apparently that's like crazy. Yeah, I've right? been doing that. Yo, like- did you see the uh, the four hundred thousand dollar box that went recently? The first yeah. edition base set yeah. box. Yeah. I, I I'm, I've been kicking myself because like when I was younger, I used to be like I I still love Pokemon. Like I've been like no lifing uh, sword at the moment trying to complete the pokedex but like i had so many of these like uh cards when i was younger that are worth so much money now and i, I wish i still had them 
Yeah, I'm going crazy. Like that's yeah, pretty much yeah, what I'm I've been selling. Money selling all those old cards. Yeah, I've been making like crazy money off just like I uh, a couple months ago I I found some of the ones that I had like the ones that I knew where they were and then for a while I was like damn I wish I could find my my old binder that had like all my really good stuff in it and uh, I found it like literally like two weeks ago and I've just been going nuts like with with like selling some stuff but i've also been trying to keep like the stuff that i really like and like care about that kind of holds some sentimental value so but i hear you man that's that's part of uh how i'm passing the time during pandemic times i went to my parents house over thanksgiving and i had my original 8-bit nintendo there with all the games so i got that restored and miraculously it works that's awesome and this thing is from like the early 90s so I grabbed all the games. I still have old N64 games with all the boxes there, comic books, like all that shit. So I'm going to grab all of that and just, I don't know, do something with it. How do you guys uh how do you guys pass the time? Like uh for Tommy and I, I have this podcast. I spend uh too much time on YouTube and I play a lot of video games whether it be PC, uh old school 8-bit stuff and a ton of modern warfare. <laughs> I um what I I mean I I skate uh, I'm a big skateboarding, you know, person too. So like over quarantine, uh, I really reconnected with skateboarding and like was pretty much skating like every single day with our, our guitar player, Ross, like we were like going out almost, you know, three, four times a week at the minimum. And, uh, so that was a big thing. Uh, I feel like I'm always doing something. I, I got really into fitness through quarantine too. Like I was always, you know, kind of into it, but, uh, I figured, you know, we don't really have anything to do. And my brother is also like super, super into it. So we've been working out together a lot and uh, playing guitar, writing music. I play in another band called Anxious. So uh, we've been recording also and writing an an LP. So it's been, I've honestly been pretty busy. And then, you know, spending time with my girlfriend and just kind of, you know, hang out with whatever friends, you know, a small group of friends, you know, that aren't sick and, you know, being, being safe about things. So, but right. yeah, I've, I've, I feel like I've been pretty, pretty damn busy, honestly. Yeah. For me, I've been, uh, snowboarding throughout the entire, uh, season so far, uh, fishing as much as I could going on hikes, um, studying, writing music. Um, just really like, honestly, this pandemic, it, it's an awful thing, but it really, it finally gave me, it, you know, me, Ryan, everyone in the band, a, a, a break. Yeah. You know, the, it, the pandemic, it is really horrible, but I feel busier than ever. And I, I figured out how to do this podcast remotely. I figured out how to do multi-track audio edits. I fig- you know, I'm figuring out all this shit. I want to get into some home recording stuff so I can demo some music at home. So it's forcing me to learn some new skills and that I'm grateful for. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah same. Cause like, I, I, like for, because of the band I, and all the touring, I had to stop fishing. I, couldn't, I would, couldn't snowboard and stuff like that. I couldn't go on all the hikes and stuff. So I, I've been in the woods doing something is like almost every single day yeah that's it's great pretty much same and yeah. like i also kind of learned how to like i started me and our drummer tommy uh demoed like the whole lp like right when we got home from tour like over those those first couple months of being in quarantine and stuff and just like kind of really you know finished structuring a lot of the songs and then i mean we've been recording this record for like six, six months, months now because our the guy we record with could only do weekends and he can't even do like every weekend so there's been some times where we've only recorded like one weekend the whole month you know so mm. it's it's been like 
a very drug out process, but it's been, it's been nice though, because it's something to look forward to. And it's been something that's kind of been keeping everybody busy at the same time. Yeah. Cause I record a lot of the guitar. I recorded, you know, pretty much all, the, all the, you know, rhythm guitar stuff on the record and the vocals. So I was at, you know, a lot of the recording dates and then, you know, it, it's just, it's just keeping, keeping yourself busy and stuff. So it, and it's been nice. So I, even though it's been a long process, I, I definitely don't regret it. No, it's been amazing. I like, like, this is like a dream of mine to have like rec- a recording process that lasts months and months and months. Like this is like everything I've always wanted. Yeah, it's the most fun thing in the world. I recorded an EP a couple years ago and getting there, getting set up, you know, the ang- the anxiety of, oh, am I going to fuck up? Am I going to be able to play it? And then finding your groove and getting into things, it's it's the best. That's what it's all for. So uh, any other projects or things that we want to plug? I don't know. I mean, other the, the Anxious LP will be out also sometime this year. I know me, Tommy, and Ross have been working on this heavy project for, I mean, me and Tommy have been working on it like forever. You know, like it feels like it's been forever, but uh, probably probably since the beginning of quarantine, we've been doing a, a band that kind of sounds like Foundation. And uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been cool. I don't know when we will record that, but probably that'll probably be out sometime this year hopefully so nice yeah if i had like a group of friends i could play and record with all the time i'd have a crazy heavy band like vane uh i'd have an emo band like texas is the reason i'd have a post-rock band like caspian and then uh i guess that's it that covers all the bases yeah Yeah. that that sounds perfect actually (laughs) how about you brian anything else you want to plug or mention Uh, no not really uh i'm not really looking to join any other bands uh, I don't really have the t- like the time for it. So I, I guess if I were to join another band or start another one, it'd have to be like another serious project, like one step closer. Yes. But um, no, I'm just really liking, you know, just having one serious band and just, you know, relaxing, enjoying life. Tommy, any final questions for, for the boys before we conclude? No, we find that that's we nailed it all, dude. As long as we got to Wilkes-Barre and Straight Edge, that's all. <laughs> I I knew you were I knew you were gonna love that. So I just you know I, I wanted to give you guys some an opportunity to talk about Wilkes-Barre. I get nervous when I mention it though to from people from up there because they're like, oh, it's it's God's country, it's beautiful, and I'm like, yeah, but the weather. <laughs> and they're always like, oh yeah, well you know you get used to that. I'm like, you shouldn't. Like it, it's 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 not fun like that. Like you do get used to it, but like. I remember somebody, that was the first time I've ever heard of seasonal depression. Somebody was like, yeah, the sun's never out. I'm like, is that why I feel like shit all the time? <laughs> it's a re- Dude, that's a real thing. It really, like, it yeah. hits hard. We're, like, right from the, the transition from fall into the beginning of winter is, like, the Harsh. worst time of the yeah. year. Yeah, It's awful. My friend used to do, do you ever see that movie, you know, the movie uh, Groundhog's Day with yeah. uh, Bill Murray? Yeah, yeah. My friend used to say, like, that was the weather report. Like, every day we would get be getting dressed for lacrosse and we'd be sitting there putting our pads on and shit. And he'd be like, I got the weather report for you. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, man. That's Stop. Hilarious. Like, we got to go out and play. Stop doing that. You're getting me in a fucking bad mood. Like, but it's it, 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 back, though. <laughs> it really is. And it's like, you know what the crazy part, though, is like I look back on my time there and it was so much fun because I think a lot of it came down to is because there's so much there's not there's nothing to really do that you do get extraordinarily creative with the things that you have to do. So like you look at other people's college experience and they're like, yeah, check it out. I'm at this fraternity party with 800 people. And it's like, 
there's not fucking 800 people on King's campus. Get the fuck out of here. Like, like <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, most of the people that go, not most, but a good chunk of the people that go there are commuters. I don't think I was ever in a party that had more than a couple hundred people in it. So like, I remember like seeing other people's like photos from school and they're like, what did you do this weekend? I'm like, went skateboarding with my friends and fucking, you know, drank beers in a parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. like, just like, you know, we, uh, you know, they would do stuff like, you know, Kings was really nice about that though. It's like, they had stuff that like, you know, they have all these really nice athletic facilities. They would keep them really, really open, like, like super late on the weekends. And I remember somebody was like, you know, uh, you can go in the pool. And I was like, are you kidding me? And they're like, yeah. So there was like a solid three months where like every weekend, all we did was sign up to go to the pool. That's and you would, it was they yeah. had a lifeguard there and everything they had like a fucking like ten, like they had like a you know three meter dive and everything i was like dude i'm fucking this is i'm doing this every weekend this is amazing like <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome and it was like it was like a heated pool it was like super nice it was like 80 degrees all year round so it could be three degrees outside and you know like frozen rain coming down but like you went outside and like you're like all right let's go in the pool this is fucking great yeah i definitely i think that's why wilkes is such a hot spot for bands because everybody kind of in the scene realizes like damn there's really nothing to do but put our creativity into something yeah you know so like but I will say there, there's a reason only sad music comes out of our area oh 100 <laughs> yeah wilkes bar has always been a hardcore hot spot you had a uh, home base that was a classic venue you had oh wilkes God, bar yeah. fest that used to happen uh shit cc's well that's out of music but i just imagine them close to each other yeah i that also uh what was that other big one? Yeah, I mean, Posse Numbers was, like, huge. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the, you know, hard, like, one of the biggest hardcore fests at the time, so. Well, gentlemen, I just want to thank you for your time and for coming on the show today. You know, Tommy and I are big fans of the band. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to Lead to Grey to see what's going on there. And, yeah, I mean, you. I think you've got a bright future ahead of you guys, and I really hope that you can get back out on the road and across the world to continue touring. So, you know, from, from me and Tommy, just thanks again. There you have it, folks. One step closer. Yo, that was great. And they're really nice. And, just talking to them about Lee DeGray, their upcoming LP. I'm really interested to hear that thing, man. It sounds like it sounds like it's going to be right up our, our alley. For sure. I think that I think the thing that kind of intrigues me the most is like they kept saying like, "Look, we didn't hold anything back. We're not going to try to be a hardcore band. We're just going to be, you know, one step closer. We're going to be our band." You know, it really reminded me of being around this day forward. I mean they're yes. they're that they're that age. They're they're experimenting with what direction the band is going to go in. They're out touring. It really brought me back to those feelings. And I just think that's incredibly awesome. It certainly is. And I think the the thing that I consistently go back to is like I remember what came out first. So there's Transient Effects, right? It, I mean Transient after the, Effects and then Kairos. And then Kairos. I remember hearing the tracks off of Kairos and being like, "Ugh, okay. <laughs> like, cause you know, like you, you, we've said this before, but all of us, not all of us, but a lot of us were in that mindset back in the day that if it wasn't heavy or it didn't have a specific kind of sound to it, 
Yeah. It was just like, just fucking turn it off. I don't want to hear this. Um, that closed mindedness kind of got me originally with Kairos. And that's the thing is, is now when I go to listen to <laughs> this day forward, that's where I start. Yeah. I start with, I, I start with the breath. Like I'm a, the, immediately, that's where I go to. I'm like, I want to hear that song. Yeah. Like, oh, that one's on, uh, in response, but yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Kairos and in response is where it's at. And yeah, I was such good friends with them that I, was going to like anything that they did, but I always, I always liked the directions they went in and you know how they experimented. And it sounds like one step closer is doing the same thing. And yeah, just genuinely nice people really enjoyed talking to them. And you got to really talk about Wilkes bear a lot. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I knew you were going to love that. I, you know what the thing is with Wilkes bear and they love that too. I'm glad that they liked it because my thing is, is back then we used to talk about how how much we we lived in this one house on two, it was 240 North Main Street and it was this old huge giant house that had been converted to a series of apartments and we used to sit around there and talk about how awful this city was we were like <laughs> dude this place is so dumb like you don't they don't have a fucking dude they didn't have a movie theater they didn't have anything to do so like you know that like rotten excuse that we used to use all the time. It's like, what else are we going to do? Let's just get fucked up. Like, let's go out and drink. Let's go party. Let's go, you know, fuck stuff up. Let's go pick a fight with whatever. Like we, that our entire excuse revolved around, well, this town sucks anyway. And now I kind of look back on those times of like those days. And it's like, I miss being out with my friends, just being like there. Just and yeah. it's it's not even that I miss the place. I just miss that feeling of like being with my friends and, and knowing where everybody was and like just planning a night out. Even if the night out was like, oh, we're going to so and so's house to go, you know, play beer pong and hang out and play video games or whatever it was. Like that kind of thing of like just the whole routine of like what we did was so much fun and i i look back on those times so fondly but in the moment like back then we were such dicks like we we hated wilkes-barre so much like it was just it was the worst place because it had everything about winter with the sole exception of no snow like we (laughs) hardly ever got snow we got snow one time and i remember we got in so much trouble because again we were living in this big house and it had this uh unattached garage that was out back and (laughs) we were we had gotten a lot of snow and this was, uh, I think sophomore year and I'm like the kind of two foot kind of range thing. It was like 20, 25 inches. And we were jumping off the roof of the garage into the snowbank that had formed. And I remember being like, this is great. Wilkes-Barre is finally pulling its weight. This, this town's a piece of shit. And now we're, now we're having fun here. This is so much good. This is great. And the neighbors, cause we lived in a residential neighborhood. We lived in like a regular neighborhood, so the neighbors behind us called the police. <laughs> and I remember the cop just came up and he just looked at us and it was daytime. So it was like, you know, like he could see us right away. And he was like, do you guys live here? We're like, yep. And he's like, fucking stop doing that. And just put his jacket back on, got back in the car and drove away. And I was like, oh, yo, fuck. remember wanting to do things like going out and shit? Yeah. But it's so weird. I was walking with Romy in Manhattan and I saw all the young people out and 
people sitting outside bars in the freezing cold with jackets on drinking. And I was like, this is so insane. Yeah. And then I remembered just what every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday night going out and wanting to go out every night. And it seems like such a distant memory now. It is. Uh, I, I think I'm having a little bit of a different kind of experience with this because that kind of died for me when the girls were born. So that stopped being kind of like my thing, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. But there are things that like, I want to go do like little stuff. Like I want to take the, the girls have had a uh, gift certificate to one of those, you know, the tra- indoor trampoline places like sky zone or whatever. Um, they've had it for like a year and we haven't been able to use it. And every time I drive past the place, they're like, can we go there today? And I'm like, no, not today. <laughs> not yet. I'm in that zone too. I go on little adventures with Romy to uh, adventure, meaning walk to a store or something and then walk home or sit in Tompkins square park for a minute. Or I don't know, you know, I go on weekend trips with her and her kid and that's what I do now. I'm like you. Yeah. It's fun though. Crazy. It's predictable. It's fun. And uh, I like predictable, you know, I like predictable too. And I also enjoy the fact that um, I wake up every morning and I know where my car keys are. Yes. I know where my wallet is. I know how much money I spent the night before. Do you remember those nights waking up and finding receipts in your pockets being like, what the fuck did I, (laughs) what did I do? One time I hung out with this dude after a Mogwai show in Philly. Yeah. And we got torn up. Like I was there all night and I ended up falling asleep and waking up and just leaving his apartment. He texts me the next day. He's like, dude, he's like, I only know, I only know we hung out because I found the bar tab receipt in my pocket. <laughs> I was oh. like, yeah, there you go. No, but I, I've done that before too. Where it's like in less sober days, I have woken up in the morning and been like, okay, everything's normal. And then a few weeks go by and a package arrives. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And Kelly's like, well, it has your name on it. And I open it and it's a pair of sneakers that I bought drunk. And Field of Dreams by Fieldy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I bought, I just was hammered and like on, you know, ebay or something like that and i was like i'm gonna buy these air maxes and then i buy them and then they i'm like oh this is so stupid these aren't even the right size like i fucking they look different in the picture because i was hammered like oh this is not good yeah you know what i like what's that we got a new apple podcast review finally oh there we go you ready for this let's go all right luke p says great podcast you hear that great podcast yeah reliving my years in the local scene and remembering lots of things i forgot about keith and tommy have great chemistry see there you go again we have great chemistry tommy can you believe that yes me too (laughs) that's what makes this show work and let me continue with the review keith and tommy have great chemistry and give us great interviews to listen to much love guys thank you luke that's awesome and listen we need more Apple Podcast reviews. I hear yeah. that they do something good for the podcast. I don't know what exactly, but if you like the show, jump on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone and drop us a review. That's like uh, that's one of these things, I think, with being a podcast like this, 
I don't know the ins and outs of like how to market it properly to people yeah. or how to like my version of marketing is like I meet somebody and I'm like, yeah, I got a podcast about hardcore if you're in hardcore. <laughs> like my version of marketing is uh, Anthony posts about us. Yes. And yeah. then 6,000 people like it and pe- people get redirected to our page. So Anthony, thank you for mentioning us in that audience of one post. Uh, that was awesome. He called me on Saturday and I was talking to him and I was like, uh, I just wanted to call and it, like, well, he called me, but I was like, yo, I just want to say thank you. And he's like, why? And I was like, Oh, cause you posted that picture of us from Doug stock and like, you know, mentioned the podcast. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like when that happens, like Keith sends me screenshots of like, you know, hundreds of people following us. Yeah. Like <laughs> our, our numbers go up like crazy. And he's like, Oh yeah, no problem, man. And it was like nothing to him. And then it's funny as always like, cause he'll tag me in it the next day after he tags me. I usually, I try not to look, but then I'll look the next day and I get a bunch of friend requests. Cause my page is private. I get a yeah. ton of friend requests from people that all have the, um, Oh, the, the safe, safe camp, camp thing, thing in their bio. And I'm always like, I'm really sorry. Like I, I try, I just write one long message and I just, I just direct message every single one of them. And I'm like, really sorry. Like I don't accept people. I don't know. The only reason is my page is really just pictures of me, my wife and my kids. And I, 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 I just don't accept it. Yeah. I have my personal page really hidden because I just, I don't want my full name to be involved with the podcast because I talk about recovery and all the crazy shit I used to do. And I just, I'm afraid of work somehow finding out. I don't know yeah. if they'd care. I don't know if it matters, but I'm, I'm just very protective of that. I know my work would care. So that's why I do it. <laughs> yeah. Your work would care. Yeah, so. They would be like, you're a role model for the kids and you definitely weren't. And I I think my thing is, is like, look, look at this as a, a, a kind of cautionary tale. It's like, I've gone through things that weren't cool and done things that weren't cool, but I can now look back on them as an adult and reflect on it and be like, all right, that was definitely something I, I, I regret something I don't want to be a part of anymore. And, you know, look at the life I lead now. Like, you know, uh, I, I have a nice house. I have a nice family. I have a beautiful wife. I have all these things that I've worked really hard for, but, um, yeah, I would hate for something to like, something is like, you know, that I get so much joy out of like, you know, this podcast to ever kind of interrupt stuff like that. So I always like, you know, try to keep it pretty guarded. Same here. And we're winding down now. So I just want to thank One Step Closer as a band for existing. We really look forward to Lead to Gray. We've been fans for a minute now. So thank you so much. Thanks to Ryan and Brian for coming on the show. That was an awesome conversation. And listen, continue to write us, continue to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, continue to follow us, continue to subscribe to us. All that little bit helps. And remember, you are a member when you say you are. All you have to do is say it, and you're a member. That's it. You're in the club. You're part of the machine. Yes. Yes. You're a a useful cog in a large machine. That's right. And Tommy, I have one more thing to say. What do you got? (laughs) I laughed over it. Wait, do it again. (laughs) Oh, God, that's so great. This is so great. I love it. I love Napalm Death. That's the best song ever. It is. And it's so, you know what it is? Do you remember um, 
No, I'm going to get into a long story. Never mind. Yeah, don't do that. Now, listen, I have an idea. Live stream event, Northeast scene, Napalm Death, and they perform that song. Just that song. Yeah, just that song. <laughs> you have to, what you do know you think? You know they're from England, right? <laughs> so what? Wait, they're from England? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Barney and all the, Yeah. So they had an original singer. Barney's definitely English. I gotta look that up though, but I'm, I'm I know Barney for sure. I, I I just watched that that grind documentary, that Slave to the Grind thing, and yeah. he, they did a bunch of interviews with Barney the singer, and he is 100 percent from like, uh, he's like dead working class, like uh, Birmingham or Liverpool or something like that. He's like a he's like a real like he's a he's a brutal dude. Well, we're out of time. We'll be back next week. We love you. We'll miss you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks everybody for listening and. Until next time. Yay!